Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. All right, then. God bless you all. Good to see you tonight. Those that can be seen and those that are looking at me, those that are in the house tonight, let's thank God for another opportunity to be in the house of God one more time. Okay, we're continuing our teaching on prayer and fasting, and uh, we will begin the fast uh, next week on the 8th, and we will be fasting till the 12th, and I'll give you some more information as we go. Get your Bible. God bless you. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 2 and 3, and we're going to get right into this, and we're going to continue our teaching on prayer and fasting, and uh, this particular part, we're going to continue talking about humbling ourselves before God. It's very important, humbling ourselves before God. Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 and 3, and it reads, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Verse 3. And he humbled thee. How did he do it? By suffering thee to hunger, and he fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doeth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord God. Father, we thank you for an opportunity again to share your word. We pray for a particular and specific anointing in this season and in this hour to embrace truth, to be transformed by truth, that we might make your glorious name ever more glorious in this wicked, crooked, perverse world. In Jesus' name, anoint me to teach, anoint me to preach, anoint me to prophesy, anoint me to make your will clear to your people. Let their ears be anointed to hear and their hearts to receive so you can get the precious fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Bless your heart. So, so, so again, we're, we're talking about the importance of humility in prayer and particularly in fasting and prayer. Humility is of the utmost importance in the Christian life. Everything that we do for God, we must do it with a humble heart. If we're going to get any benefit out of anything that we do in God's kingdom for God, we must approach God and whatever he's called us to do or whatever we volunteer to do, we must approach it with humility. It's very important. So as we look at these scriptures, God said, I brought you the way I brought you. I let you go 40 years. I let you get hungry. I let you get thirsty. I didn't let your clothes wear out, <laughs> but I did all that I did for a reason to humble you. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Matter of fact, I think it's strange and interesting that people that have been enslaved 
for 430 years would need to be humbled. Think about that. They had been enslaved for 430 years and they still needed to be humble. See, it's one thing to learn how to submit to the Egyptians. It's another thing to learn how to submit to God. This is one of the things we need to understand when we come, when we come out of the world. If you were an alcoholic, you, you, you submitted to alcohol for years. It was easy. Now you have to put the alcohol aside and learn how to submit to the Holy Spirit. It's different. We have to learn how to do it. And so, you know, being enslaved for 430 years, they were deeply hurt and wounded by the Egyptians, by their taskmasters. You know, and I'm not trying to make a play on words. I'm not trying to be slick or cool or hip or offensive or any of that. I'm just talking. And, and, and so when I say that, you know, when your master hurts you, it's hard to get a new one. Let me say it another way. They grew up not trusting anybody. They grew up not trusting the Egyptians. So now you got to trust God. It's not easy to learn how to trust God if you've been abused all your life. So this is what Israel is facing. So God has to take them or chooses to take them through the wilderness for 430, I mean, excuse me, for 40 years, rather, after 430 years of slavery, he takes them through the wilderness for 40 years to get all that out of them. Because humbling ourselves before God is not easy. That's why we won't talk about it a lot in church. I mean, it's hard to get folk in marriage to talk about submission. So God took them through 40 years of wilderness to teach them to depend on him for all things and in every situation. Because, again, for 430 years, they depended on the Egyptians for everything. Now you have to learn how to depend totally on God. That's not easy. So the humiliation in the desert, that's what it's called. You know, when you humble yourself, you, you're humiliating. You're allowing yourself to be humiliated. So the humiliation in the desert uh, consists not only of God letting the people get hungry and letting the people get thirsty, but it also includes the fact that, watch this now, God fed them manna that nobody knew before. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I make a declaration over your life? I, I don't know about it. I, you know, I know it's dark in here, but can I make a declaration over your life? As you continue to follow God and humble yourself before God, God's going to expose you to something you never had before. Can I tell you something? The devil can give you food and water, but he can't give you no manna.
when you submit yourself to God, he will also give you something you never had before. <laughs> so the Lord is showing the people that not only can he meet your need, but God has things that you never dreamed of prepared for you. Second Chronicles. Chapter 33, uh, beginning of verse number 10. Uh, let me just say this, because I, I typed it in, and it sounds pretty good, pretty cool, pretty clever. Back concerning the whole piece about God giving you things that you didn't have before. This is what I typed down. God's got not only what you need, but what you don't know you need. I'm prophesying to somebody. God's <laughs> he's not only got what you and I need. He's got what we don't even know we need. I think that was worth saying. So now 2 Chronicles 33 and beginning of verse number 10. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not listen. You can't call yourself submitting to God and you don't listen to God. Verse 11. Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the hosts of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns, bound him with fetters, and carried him to Babylon, just because he wouldn't listen. Verse 12. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God. Oh, now that you're afflicted, you want to pray. Before, when God wanted to talk to you, you would number yourself. So what does God do? He sends affliction. I hope I'm not talking to somebody, but I know I am. It wouldn't be so hard if you just listened to God. So verse 12 says, so when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly. That's right, baby. Humbled himself greatly. Can you imagine what that may have been like? I, I, I almost feel like doing a little piece for you. Because you, know you know how we are. I got this. I know what I'm doing. I, I got this. So you just need to leave me alone. Let me work this out. Then it gets worse. Then you cry, oh, God, I don't know what to do, Lord. God, oh, God. He humbled himself greatly. That's what that meant. You ever been there before? Verse 13, and he prayed unto him, and he was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. So, so, so Manasseh, he humbled, <coughs> he humbled himself so bad. He cried. He, he had a fit. He freaked out. He, whatever term you want to use, so bad until God brought him back to his own country. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Isn't that a shame? It took all that for Manasseh to know who God was. And you want to know why people go through what they go through in the church. From the pulpit to the pew, they didn't know who God was. They wouldn't listen to God. They wouldn't humble themselves before God. So they went through all that hell until God let them know who he was in the midst of all that foolishness. You see, Manasseh was the 14th king 
of Judah and, in fact, was an evil king. He opened Judah up to all kinds of false worship and idolatry and false gods. And in his pride, as we just read, Manasseh would not listen to God. So God brought the Assyrian army against him and they surrounded them. And watch what the Bible says. They took Manasseh captive. This is what one of the translations says. They put a hook in his nose. Put him in bronze shackles and brought him to Babylon. All because he wouldn't humble himself before God. Write this down. God hates pride. Yeah, write it in bold letters. Starbursts around it. God hates pride. We should talk about it more because God hates it. Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. It reads, these six things doth, doth the Lord hate. Yeah, seven are an abomination unto him. Verse 17, first thing, a proud look. God, God don't even like it if we look in proud. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. God hates prideful looking people, people that walk around with the appearance they don't need him. Do, do, do you ever wonder what you look like to God? Just in your everyday doings and goings, do you look like you don't need him? Do you carry yourself on your job like God ain't involved. I, I, I just would wonder if God would consider that a proud look. Or do I walk around looking like I need God? Do I walk around looking like God got me where I am? God got me this far. Excuse me, Psalm 10, verse 4. This is a powerful, you know, I may not be able to get past this scripture. Psalm 10, 4. The wicked, hear it, write it down. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. The wicked through his pride. <laughs> See, the wicked are so full of pride, they don't even seek God. The wicked are so full of pride, they don't think they need God. This is how you can tell someone that's truly wicked, they don't need God. When you bring up God, excuse me, when you bring up God, they, they, you, why, are you bringing, why are you bringing God up? God ain't got nothing to do with this. That's how you know people are truly wicked. When they congratulate you for some uh, um, great feat or some, um, something you accomplished and you try to give God the credit, and they say, why are you talking about God? I'm, I'm congratulating you. You did this. No, God is not in their thoughts. There's no humility there. They want no part of God. 
They don't want his love. They don't want his holiness. They don't want his righteousness. They don't want God's wisdom. They don't want the gifts of the Holy Ghost. They don't want anything to do with anything that has anything to do with God at all. The wicked, wicked, what are wicked, wicked, wicker people, wicker, wicker furniture. It's people with twisted minds. You, 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 you have to have a twisted mind to think you don't need God. You have to have a twisted mind to be a person that won't humble yourself before God. You, you have to be a twisted mind if you don't pray, you don't worship, or you don't give God any thanks. Something's wrong with your mind. Psalm 14, 2. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any, <laughs> to see if there were any that did understand and seek God's help. Mm. God looks down to see who understands you need God. So it must be fairly easy for mankind to walk around generation after generation, building societies, skyscrapers, technology, and think they did it all on their own. He says, he's looking to see if anybody's seeking God's help, are you seeking God's help to live your life on this planet? Are you seeking God's help to be a husband, a father, a brother, an employee, a boss, a business owner? Are you seeking whatever you're doing? Are you seeking God's help to do it? Or do, or, or do you think all you need is an Ivy League education? So then there's a question. It's a large, broad, general question. How much does mankind want God's help today? Think about that. How much do you think man wants God's help today? Let's, let's, let's narrow it. That's, that's pretty broad. Let's narrow it. How much does the church want God's help? Or do we just want to have church the way we like to have church? And hope God show up and help us. Because last time I checked, in order to get somebody to help you, you got to say help. And you got to submit to their help. See, the wicked do not seek God's help. So conversely, the humble are constantly seeking God's help. Am I talking to anybody in here? The humble seek the Lord's help. Why do the humble seek the Lord's help? Because we know we need it. That's why we still come to church. Because we know we still need God's help. I don't care how many variants come and go. I need God's help. I'm not going to let a, a virus or a pet keep me from God. I need his help. 
And since this is his house, I'm going to come to his house and ask him personally for help. You don't hear me. Psalm 27, 9. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. God, you've been my help. Why would I stop getting help from you now? The pandemic is just proof I need you even more. He says, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Because I ain't leaving you, so don't you leave me. Listen, listen, I'm, I, <laughs> you know, who, who was it? Who was it? I don't know if it was the temptations or the four tops. Ain't too proud to beg. I need God. I'm not too proud to say it. I need God. And, and, and truth be told, uh, uh, the older I get, the more I realize I need him. Oh, my God. The older I get, the more I realize I need you more today than I did yesterday. Psalm 94, 17, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in a silent place. The humble know where their help comes from. Jeremiah 9, 24, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, which exercises loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. But let him that glory, if you're going to glory in anything, glory in the Lord, glory in what you understand about the fact that you need God. Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Mm, mm, mm. Seek the Lord while he may be found. That says then and suggests and tells us emphatically there may be a season you can't find him. If you sense God is near, you better fast and pray. You better you better you better hone in. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. That also tells us there's going to be times and seasons in your life. God isn't going to sense or you're not going to feel God is near to you as you do other times. So if you sense God being close to you, you better get closer. Hmm. He goes on to say, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So as we discover who God is, who else would you ask for help? As we discover who God is, who else would we call on for help? See, prayer and fasting increases the power of God in the realm of the spirit. And it releases the glory of God. I'm going to say that again. Prayer and fasting increases the power 
of God in the realm of the spirit and releases the glory of God in our lives. This is why, or at least one of the reasons we pray and fast. Now, we already told you from the very beginning, starting yesterday or Sunday, rather, prayer is humbling ourselves before God, seeking him for guidance. We seek God for guidance through prayer. We humble ourselves, say, God, I need your help. What do I do? What do you want? What's really going on? We do that through prayer. It's, it's, it's humbling ourselves. But when we pray and fast, somebody say pray and fast. When we pray and fast, we are super humbling ourselves. We were super humbling ourselves because prayer and fasting says I'm desperate for God's help. I'm, I'm shutting my body down. I'm shutting. I'm not eating any food. I'm I'm I'm, I'm turning the world, uh, turning the world off. I'm desperate. I need God to help me. So I'm going to pray and fast because I'm desperate for help. Are you hearing what I'm saying, saints? Desperate. This is what you do when you're desperate. You pray and fast. When the doctor says they can't do anything else for you, that's when you pray and fast. You're desperate for God's help. When you're surrounded, we're going to get there. We'll get there. When you're surrounded by enemies and you don't see no way out, that's when you fast and pray and say, God, you always made a way out of no way. You're going to show me a way out of this. You're going to help me. When nobody else can help me, that's all right. You've always been a very present help in the time of trouble. That's what prayer and fasting does. It's when you're desperate for help. So you know what? Write this down. I, as a child of God, I, as a child of God, should never say, and never let myself get to a point where I say, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you pray and fast. If it get that bad, you pray and fast. You don't say, I don't know what to do. You pray and fast. You're desperate. God is my help. I'm going to go to him for my help. When Jesus' disciples had been casting out devils already, finish this up for tonight. And, and in Luke 10, 17, that's what happened. They said, man, Jesus, man, even the demons are sub to us, subject to us in thy name. Even demons, man, do we, we casting them out left and right. And Jesus said, don't get excited about that. Be excited because your name is written in heaven. So they had already been casting out devils. Just don't get it twisted. But <laughs> when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and the others are down in the valley, and they encounter a man who has a son, who a devil is throwing him in the fire and throws him in the water, and they cannot cast him out. Because you, you know how people are. I think you are because you're a person. Those people made the disciples feel like they weren't good for nothing. But they had already been casting out devils. It just they couldn't cast this one out. And so the Bible says that when it was all over with, they came to Jesus privately and Jesus they asked, Jesus said, why, why, 
We've been casting out devils in your name all over the place. How come this joker didn't go nowhere? And Jesus said, this kind, this type, this level of demon will not yield to you unless you first humble yourself and yield to the Lord. That's, what it, that's basically what Jesus said when he said this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. You have to humble yourself to the Lord more before these demons yield to you. Don't miss this biblical principle. There are certain things that will not yield to us until we further yield to God. Lift your hands right there, right there, right there, right there. There's some things that should not dominate your life. There are sicknesses and diseases and maladies and infirmities. There are anxiety and emotional and psychological issues that should not be plaguing God's people. And the only way that kind, those kinds of spirits and demons, powers will be broken is that you and I must submit ourselves even the more to God. We have to yield more to the Lord so the power of God will flow through us and break the powers of darkness in the name of Jesus, receive this word tonight because it's time for you to be free from these things that have plagued you. Some things are generational. Some things been in your life that have traveled through your parents' lineage. And it's time for you, it's time for the body to be free of these kinds of demonic uh, possessions, infant, uh, infestations, these demonic oppressions, these demonic possessions. It's time for us to be free. These kind only will leave through prayer and fasting, further submitting, further humbling ourselves before God so that God gets the glory in our lives. I want you to understand that these kinds of spirits will not yield to you until you yield further to God. You haven't humbled yourself enough. A curse will not come without a cause. It's in the Bible. Jesus in Luke 10 gave us power over all the power of the enemy. There should be no enemy that has power over you. If there's a demon, an enemy that has power over you, then you haven't humbled yourself enough and submitted to God and resist the devil and he will flee. That's in the scriptures. We're going to get to that in a minute. But I want you to understand that when Jesus said this kind only leaves through prayer and fasting, that's another level of submission. That's another level of humility. God, I'm going to push my plate back. I'm going to stop all activities that, were, that are pleasurable and personable to me. And I'm going to seek your face like never before. And I'm going to humble myself under your mighty hand so you can lift me up. So you can elevate me. So you can bring me and my family out of this. So you can bring me and my business out of this. So you can bring me and the church I go to out of this. Bring us up out of this, holy God. These things have been 
entangled us and ensnared us too long. In Psalm 50, excuse me, in Isaiah 58, the fast that God has chosen, God said it loosed the bands of wickedness. It, you've been in this thing so long that the enemy got bands. He's got bands and and, and ropes and things holding you down. It's time to loose yourself from the bands of wickedness. Paul, excuse me, I don't know why I said Paul. In Isaiah 58, the fast that God has chosen, God said it's a time for us to afflict our soul. You afflict your own soul so you can become free from the powers of darkness. Afflict your soul. Don't be afraid to afflict yourself. Manasseh was afflicted because he disobeyed. Affliction produces power. You need to learn how to afflict your own soul. To make yourself uncomfortable for the kingdom. To make yourself uncomfortable for the king and the kingdom. Psalm, excuse me, Proverbs 1533, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Watch this now. And before honor, say before honor, is humility. We want to get honor before we humble ourselves. In no job, profession, venue you could think about does a person get honored before they're humbled don't work like that you have to do something extra extraordinary you have to go beyond on your job for people to recognize you before you get honored only only in the church do we want honor before we do anything Before honor is humility. Before we receive honor in the realm of the spirit, we must first be humbled. That's what Jesus did. He humbled himself, took upon himself the form of a servant. After he served, after he did the extraordinary, by humbling himself, God gave him a name that's above Every name. You're not going to get a name or reputation above the one you have until you humble yourself now. Um, this might be a little crude, but I, I, it, 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 it serves a purpose. The gym I go to, uh, it's a track I walk, and uh, they have these different signs up to encourage you. And uh, there's one sign I thought was really funny. It says something akin to, you're not going to get the butt you want unless you move the one you got. <laughs> now, because I'm in the pulpit, I ain't going to save it one time. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride shall bring him low. Pride will bring you down. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Honor. 
if we want God to honor us in this hour, we got to humble ourselves. If we want to break the bands of wickedness, we have to fast and pr- we got to pray and fast. We got to humble ourselves. If we want to get free from demons of sickness and disease and poverty and lack and confusion and, and all mental and emotional and on and on and on and on, it's time, saints, just to flat out say, God, we are desperate for your help. We're not going to continue down this road making excuses why things are the way they are. We know what to do. We know what to do, right? We know what to do. We know what to do. James chapter 4, verse 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. God resists the proud. God stands against the proud. God doesn't help the proud. God is not on the side of the proud. He resists the proud and gives supernatural ability to those that humble themselves. We need God's supernatural ability. We need his grace to break free from all that the enemy is oppressing the saints with in this hour. Let's stand on our feet right now. We need more grace to break free from the enemy's grip. He's gripped the saints. Turn the lights on, please. The the enemy has gripped the saints. There are saints that have given up. They've just relegated. I'm going to be sick. I'm just going to die like this. I'm just going to keep taking my meds. There are saints that the enemy has got your mind and you have refused to break free because you do not understand the season in which you live. We cannot continue just going through the motions. I refuse to pastor a church that just goes through the motions and wait on Jesus to come. We've got work to do. We got to fight the good fight of faith and we got to say, God, we believe you are still who you say you are and we are going to humble ourselves. We're going to pray and fast. We're going to depend on you. We're going to let you get glory by breaking the powers of darkness off your people, off this region, off our family, off our friends, off the school system. We are going to press in. Release your supernatural in our lives. We're going to pray and fast. We're going to be desperate because we know who you are. We understand what you can do and we want you to do it through us. Because Jesus humbled himself. You highly exalted him. Exalt the church in this hour is our prayer. As we humble ourselves through prayer and fasting. These kind will break off of us. Throwing us in the water. Throwing us in the fire. Doing whatever it wants. We're not puppets of the enemy. We're going to break his power off our lives in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say glory to God. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.